As the official healthcare provider of Minnesota United, Alina Health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition. And with expertise in orthopedics, sports medicine, heart care, and more, Alina has the team to keep your family in the game too. The experts at Alina Health take the time to get to know you as a whole person, helping you achieve wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health. And today we get to rock this episode. It's a Tuesday afternoon. We get to record this heading into Minnesota United's friendly against Kaiserslautern, part of the Bundesliga 2. And you guys traveled from afar. I get to be joined by Terrence Boyd, who many people watching this may know that they're like, wait, well, he's with Kaiserslautern. He's Bundesliga 2. But we remember him from the U.S. men's national team. He's got the tattoo, he's worn the crest, but now we get to invite you in here to be a part of our podcast in this friendly um, with Minnesota United at Allianz Field on Wednesday evening. So Terrence, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to join. I know you just came off the field from, from practice, from training. It's been a grind. It's been it's been a week or two since you guys have stepped foot on United States. Well, thanks for taking, taking the time to join me today. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yes, I am so tired. So forgive me in advance if uh, if I me- mess something up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking. Well, here. let's just let everybody in on a little secret. You thought it was going to take you a while to get going. And then we started recording and I completely butchered the name of the club and we had to start over. So I think you get a free pass considering the schedule that you have. Um, and that's part of it, right? You just got to go with the flow. I, I always tell people if you can't like laugh at yourself and just you know, move on and, and be okay with uh, not being perfect. And you're probably, we're doing the wrong thing here. Amen, sister. That's my motto. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you should be, you should be able to laugh about yourself. And uh, I mean, life's, life's too, too, uh, too serious and too hard to be, to not be laughing about you. So yeah. Uh, I, yeah I'm so with it's you. Been, it's been a, been a hell of a week for us. Uh, nice for uh, many first timers in our team being, uh, being in the States for the first time. Me especially as a former national team player, um, coming back to the states, nice seeing those people around. Um, still, yeah, wanting to catch up with with Zarek Valentine. Wow. Used to play with him the under twenties back in the day, and um, yeah, well, let's just see who aged more. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I, hey, by the looks of it, neither of you. You know, I mean, <laughs> you guys are both just rocking it at this age. And and Zarek, we've had him on already on the podcast, and nothing but positive. Yeah. vibes coming from that guy um and everybody loves him around the club and his history with mls so i want to and he talked to us recently he did a past video about sort of his rise through the youth national team systems and stuff so it's fun mm-hmm. to hear that you're gonna have time to catch up with him but i want to talk to you a little bit about your journey first tell me um over here in the united states what is that like coming back for you you know as you've spent most of your life 
in Germany playing in different clubs, but also growing up there as well, but played for, as we just said, the U S men's national team, the youth system here, spent some time over time over here as well. So what's that like for you? Does it feel like coming home or not? Or does it feel like a visit? What does it feel like for you? Well, uh, it's hard to put it in words since I was born and raised in Germany. So, uh, yeah, military thing, German, uh, German, American uh, dad who was stationed in Germany. I born and raised there. I lived as a baby in, like, in New York for like a year. Mm-hmm. And remember, obviously. Uh, so, um, yeah, and then I, I think starting with the under-20 national team, it's the first time I got called up. It's very proud. Even I haven't been living in the States. It's always been a dream, a dream of mine. And, um, yeah, every time, uh, yeah. I got to represent the country it was just an incredible honor and um yeah but uh i got all my education from germany from german soccer obviously um and uh yeah what's like coming back here i mean uh, every time it's just a nice experience it's nice uh seeing those americans around um it's it's just it's just a different vibe when when it comes to comparing like germany or european countries to the states and um yeah, for me, I was super stoked when when the news broke that we have in a training camp in the states. Uh, first time Minnesota, first first thought was, oh, that must be cold. But uh, <laughs> uh, since it's summer, I just got to experience. Um, yeah, well, a, a beautiful city. Uh, just yesterday, went golfing. Uh, was was incredible. So when you talk about um, some of the youngsters or some of the other players, I should say, they might not be young, but their first time visiting the United States and then also getting to experience some of the the soccer culture now compared to, I mean, you spent a short bit, right, with Toronto FC yeah. in MLS. What do you make of this league now? And and have you been to Allianz Field yet? Have you guys gotten to see that yet? Or, you know, what what is the vibe for you around MLS from your viewpoint um, being basically born and raised as you just stated in Germany, but having spent time mm-hmm. here and knowing what this, what soccer means in the United States and where it's come. Well, uh, I think it's been progressing uh, a, a lot over the years. Uh, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't watch uh soccer period. So um, it's, it's hard for me to, to catch MLS games. Obviously I watch like the, the playoffs and the final, but um, uh, just with every year. And obviously you have like colleagues playing in MLS teams um so you kind of follow it and see the growth through the years uh i mean starting with just like uh players coming there close to retiring or superstars and now it's getting more and more that like uh well actually young young talents are, are making their way uh to the us uh um and um yeah it's not a retirement league right so uh mm-hmm. i mean obviously my stint at toronto i've I don't know if I can curse, but I just suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, it's hard to compare the league, the league strength. But I would say that, like, I mean, obviously there's no no promotion or relegation. This mm-hmm. and, and this system, which, yeah, the country itself will benefit from. But um, uh, just when you look at all those fantastic players in in this league, um, yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't know why they shouldn't be like a. I don't know top top five top eight league in the in the world uh, at some given point. So uh, it's yeah, it takes time obviously, um, and yeah, first time in Minnesota. I haven't been to Allianz Field yet. Just just saw it from the outside. It looks beautiful and uh, just we've been uh, the food food hall. I think mm-hmm. watch the watch it with some uh, Minnesota games. Your your win and um, 
they were talking about like selling out the stadium every time, which is yeah, fantastic. And um, yeah, you you just see the growth, and it's just uh, exciting what's uh, what's yeah going to come in the future. With your career and the in the stops that you've had, when you look at how your career progressed, do you have any specific memorable moments as far as stops? I mean, you can go on the list: Hertha Berlin, Bruce Dortmund. You know, you've been several places: Bundesliga one, you know, you know, two, like. What what have one of you look back at your career and your incredible journey at this point in your life and you can reflect on it and go, wow, this is where I've done. I've accomplished this. I've checked that box. I've done this. Do you feel just incredibly grateful? Do you feel like there's, a, you know, maybe something left not accomplished or what do you feel like when you look back at your career yeah, and I mean, you're still in the midst of it? I mean, I've, I've seen some places. Um, I think I, I, I'm 100% grateful for what I've achieved. Um I mean, there's been some highs, many lows, and um, which is normal for for a career uh, highs. Well, uh, with Rapid Vienna um, mm-hmm. scoring Europe League mm-hmm. consistently, um, yeah. Then uh, one one big point was not making the World Cup roster for Brazil in two uh, two fourteen, which was hard for me personally. Went to Leipzig, and then. Um, well, it all just spiraled down when I got my when I tore my ACL, mm-hmm. and it took I was out for like one and a half years and was four surgeries in, and we thinking about like uh, yeah retiring when I was like I don't know twenty four twenty five I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, after that it took me yeah so many years to just not just regain my strength but also confidence in myself and. Uh, at Darmstadt in the Bundesliga in the second league. After that, I went to Toronto. Um, beautiful city. Nice team. Um, but I just didn't have the confidence, the self-confidence. And I just didn't live up to uh, my own expectations. And then obviously to the expectations of everyone else. And um, um, this just results in uh, bad performances. And then I went back to the third league in Germany and just had fun again. Um, felt like my old self, kept scoring, scoring, scoring. And then I was just incredibly, incredibly, um, yeah, just proud to to uh, join Kaiserslautern, which is um, one of the biggest names in German soccer. And now that time they were in the third league. Um, we, we were pushing for promotion. We got the job done. And um, this is unbelievable. We have like five to 10K away game, uh, away fans. Um, we... Yeah, every now and then we're selling out fifty thousand at home for a second league team, which is extraordinary. Um, when it just comes to the the fan base of Kaiserslautern, the like second to none. It's like, I would say, I would say, home stadium and fan base wise, we like top five in Germany. And um, so it's about um, yeah, waking up a sleeping giant. Um, just yeah, regaining strength. Um, just fighting. Fighting to get the 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 respect that uh, yeah the the respect that Kaiserslautern brings with it just back to German soccer and um, it's been a nice ride right now and uh, we just ex- I mean f- for, I mean two years ago we've been in the third league and now we're doing a, a U.S. trip for for a preseason this is um this is just incredible for us and we just want to um yeah set the bar higher every year now um, because this this club will eventually. Um, yeah, get back to the first league. I don't know what time that will be. I don't know if I'm going to be around still, but um, it's one of the biggest clubs in Germany and it's just an honor for them uh, to play for them. 
What's it like to be a part of the club, though, that you just said was in the third division? And I mean, what is that like to be a part of that, to accomplish that for those in the United States? As you just stated, we don't have promotion relegation Mm -hmm. in MLS. But what is that like to be a part of that and just feel that energy and then the support from the fans? Because those are the kind of fans and supporters that don't just support you when you're winning. This is like the kind of and they're critical. Right. But they they are like. This is like through and through. So to feel like you've given something to them, what's that like? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's so much responsibility, obviously. But um, well, it's just somehow it's just an honor to just represent a whole region of people who just um, uh, yeah, who die for this club. I mean, I don't think we got that in the states, like. They they live for this for their team and die for their teams and um uh so obviously uh when it's like getting like into relegation battles um okay that's hard you know then uh you know okay you don't want to mess up with these guys but um for example a year ago we got promoted we had the playoffs against the uh, second league team to two leg game and we won it and boom uh. Hell broke broke loose. Uh, so we had like, so we had like the whole city like lit up. We had like a parade through the city, ten fifteen thousand in the in the in the city, just going crazy, going nuts. And um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's a lot of responsibility that comes with this this fan power. But um, at the end of the day, you just just have to re- represent them, and uh, you know you got like fifty thousand crazy people in the back. What's the fan base been like here? Have you found any of those same supporters here? Have they traveled in, in your time in the United States since you guys have come over for this preseason trip? Have you had any, uh, any you know, or or their gatherings? Or is there a supporter group here? I mean, that's happened in the past where there's people that organize things here when they know that a team is coming. Have you guys experienced that at all in the United States yet? Talk about our, our fans? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so, um, um We've seen uh, we've seen fans in Louisville and in uh, Minnesota uh, right now, um, yeah, which is crazy. Or just people that happen to live um, at Ramstein, a military base, which is close to us. That's the connection to to the states. And um, uh, yeah, so so many Americans didn't just fall in love with soccer, but also uh, Kaiserslautern because it was the closest, biggest club around. And um, went back to the States and s- still supported them. So it's nice seeing, um, we, we were surprised as well, seeing like Kazakhstan fans, seeing him like, okay, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just, we're just very happy to see them and um, uh, yeah, to represent. We always say that though about soccer or football, right? I mean, it is the world's greatest game. I mean, you know, people don't, sometimes in the United States, we get very centric on the, the other four, you know, four sports, but it is the world's biggest game on the biggest yeah. stage and it draws people, it brings people together. Yeah. That's the beauty of it across exactly. the world. So yeah. when you look at um, your time here in the United States, what was the trip like to Louisville? What was, has the preseason been like, or what does this trip have been like? And what are you guys looking to gain from it? What do you think a trip like this for your team, for your club does for you guys? I mean, it's been a, I mean, it's been a tiring trip. Um, Flying to Louisville, um, yeah, getting there. Okay, having a game or the friendly on the second day, I think, um, and then like leaving at four in the morning and uh, moving to to, uh, to Minneapolis. But 
what are we looking to gain? I mean, um, it's just about, I mean, it's kind of a marketing tour. And um, mm -hmm. um, so it's like, it's two, two sides to the metal. Obviously you want to get some work done and we are getting work done because uh, we're basically dying in here. Because <laughs> our, our coach, um, well, let's put it this way. We can march uh, for, for years. <laughs> come, <laughs> come game one of the season. And uh, uh Yeah, th throughout the process, I'm the one moaning like, ah, oh, it's like I'm because I'm, I'm I'm getting like too I'm upset. too old for this. Yeah, I, exactly. You know, I've been no. through too many of these. I've done too many of those. Exactly. <laughs> But this is this is the grind you got to get through. And um, I mean, as of right now, we're not the best uh, uh best team in the in the second league, but we gotta at least be fit and ready to to march and fight. And that's what it's all about when it comes to Kaiserslautern to itch and scratch and fall down, get back up and just fight until the last minute. And we got the power for it. Got to set the tone right now. We are doing that uh, as I'm speaking. And that's why I'm tired and doesn't make sense what I'm saying right now. But, uh, um, but yeah, off the field, that's why I'm sitting here right now. Um, And we had some other events. Met with a German school yesterday. Um, we got some more, um, yeah, meetings coming up, and just spreading the word. Not just spreading the word to get new, new, uh, yeah, new fans, but just reconnecting with those established uh, fans, uh, showing love, and just, um, yeah, promoting the the beauty of soccer. And then how about the camaraderie, though? I mean, trips like this, when you get away from home, it's out of the normal routine with the mm -hmm. same group. And you just said some of the first trip for these some of these guys to the United States, it ends up being a little bit, as you said, there's two sides to it. It's the work that you're putting in to get ready. But also at the same time, there's other things that you guys can gain as a team. Do you find that when you go away, get out of your element, you have a new environment to bond and have, you know, a camaraderie with the group, with the team? Yeah, I mean, you can be in the 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 most beautiful camp and you still want to go home on the second day because you want to go back to your families. I got two kids at home, my wife. Um, but um, this is work and um, it's, uh, you can't put it into words how, how important it is uh, for team chemistry being together 24 seven. And um, obviously the days where you just fed up with all those faces and you can't see them anymore. <laughs> um, but this is what it's all about when it comes to our team. And um I think we've shown that the camaraderie, the the passion uh, within the team, that we are willing to just give everything for for the ne for the guy next uh, next to us, and um, yeah. So, I mean, you don't see the progress, but it it's happening, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the background, and um, yeah, it's, it's nice. It comes to it comes to fruition usually in those hard moments in the midst exactly. of a season when you least expect it. That's when those moments come to fruition and honestly sometimes it's about the relationships that you may not even realize you're developing now mm -hmm. that come to fruition later as you just talked about trying to get together with Zarek at some point when exactly, you, yeah. you know played with him on the 20s so you never know what what the the career path where it leads you down mm -hmm. the road and then lastly I just want to ask you at this point in your career where do you you know what 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 is it that brings you back every year what is it that you love most about this game as you're talking about You know, there's hard days and sometimes it's work and it's it's away from your family, but you still get to, you know, you get you get to have an opportunity to do something that not a lot of others do. But mm -hmm. what is it that brings you back every every year still? It's, it's several things. Um, I mean, first of all, um, I'm a I'm a striker, so um, I'm doing all that <laughs> to just have this. <laughs> 
have this moment when the ball hits the net and you're like invincible for like a millisecond. Mm-hmm. When you just, you know, when you just score goals, it's nothing, nothing better. Um, since I'm 32 now, I, I had some thoughts. Okay, what's gonna, what's, what are you gonna miss when you when you retire? And um, I think it's just the day to day practices and just fooling around in the locker room on the pitch within between the drills and just you know, uh, as you've mentioned, the the team chemistry just. Uh, um, those relationships with everyone and um this is gonna 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 be hard uh, when the day comes um that I'm gonna retire but uh it's just the 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 passion you said it before uh the beauty of the game that it just yeah connects so many people and you I see it every day see it every day and it's just a it's just a blessing to to get paid for yeah what you just did uh as a kid on the streets and um uh yeah it doesn't I mean, preseason does feel like work, uh, but uh, during the season, it's just um, yeah, you just you're just grateful to yeah to get paid for what you love, and there's nothing better to it. Yeah. Well, and I think you just said it too. Like you're you know you get to do what you did as a kid, maybe on the streets, and now you see these kids in the stands, hmm. and then you know we always say we say a lot like if you see it, you can be it, and sometimes yeah. when there's a a connection there, and you're like, man, that was me one day. You know, I was that kid hmm. watching this on television or watching it and you know playing it in the streets, coming to a game, um, seeing these athletes and these and these guys as as role models. So I think that um, there there's. There are days, there's hard days, but at the end of the day, there's probably nothing better. And then you get to see this opportunity. So I appreciate you taking the time today. Like you said, I know you're in the midst of the grind, but I love the the smile and, and, um, you know, appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate the whole club being here because I think this is like a great opportunity too, for people in Minnesota, in the United Mm -hmm. States to witness um, teams abroad. And sometimes they get caught up in what's in right in front of them, or maybe sometimes only the clubs that they see most often on television or some streaming service. So I mm-hmm, love being exactly, able to highlight yeah. other clubs as well. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, not just us, but maybe Minnesota United as well can benefit from it. Just, you know, also having conversations. I saw the coaches talk yesterday. You never know what it might end up to. So um, it's just, um, yeah, connecting all those dots together and just, um, yeah, getting more perspective for, for all those teams for just, yeah, everyone related to this trip to to soccer period, and um, yeah, it's nice. It's just yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm finished. <laughs> oh well, I I appreciate you. Go get some lunch. Go get on the team bus. Whatever you're going to go, go take a nap. Yeah, you got a big game tomorrow nap. night at Allianz Field. I'm excited for you to see the stadium. It's beautiful. Yeah, um, really Can't well wait. done, and hopefully it lives up to the expectations and what you guys get to experience on your home turf with those fantastic fans. So hopefully give you some, give you some love here tomorrow night. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it, Terrence. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. Bye. The newest chapter in the rivalry between MLS and League MX is coming to Minnesota this summer. The 2023 Leagues Cup arrives at Allianz Field July 23rd when the Loons take on Club Puebla in their first group stage match. Just three days later, a date with Chicago Fire will wrap up MNUFC's group play. For more details on this new competition or to secure your tickets before they're gone, visit MNUFC.com today.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to segment number two of Sound of the Loons. And we are very fortunate and, and lucky to be joined by Manu Veth, who's going to give us all things uh, transfer market, Bundesliga, FC Kaiserslautern. We're going to get the lowdown on everything and anything. And, and we also just found out and made the connection that you were in Seattle when I was just doing the Seattle Sounders Orlando City game, which is kind of funny um, mm. what a game that was for MLS. But I want to just get your get your uh, little bit of your take on what we think about this team and this club and FC Kaiserslautern and then also just the Bundesliga and Bundesliga two and what it means to sort of be covering it because I know that you've got uh, you wear many hats and you know how the the social media and everything is these days we have access to information all the time you guys get no days off you get no minute off you know so what, no. what is it like for you covering such an incredible league and being based here I shouldn't say in the United States but in North America yeah, it's, I mean, it's the distances are always a challenge, right? I was down in Louisville for um, the Kaiserslautern, the first of the two um, Kaiserslautern games. And um, I live on Vancouver Island and I do the track to Germany on, on a very regular basis. And there's direct flights from Vancouver to Munich, which is uh, where my family lives and where I grew up. But um, I tell you, getting to Louisville was tricky. <laughs> 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 it was a... First, a flight to Vancouver and then an 11 o'clock at night flight from Vancouver to Chicago. So you get there at five o'clock in the morning, right? And then you have to jump on yet another flight to get to Louisville. And I think the Kaiserslautern guys were like, oh, yeah, it's such a long flight. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure my flight was longer and I live <laughs> on the same continent. So don't complain to me, please. Like This is pretty normal here. But yeah, you know what? It's like it's it's great because like obviously I work for Transfermarkt and um you know, I represent the company here in, in North America and uh, it's a German-based company, right? And we've been really trying to make a name for ourselves um, in, in Canada and the United States. And because of that, there's a lot of travel involved and this is such a great continent. It just takes a while to get anywhere. You know this working for Apple, I'm sure, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's really great. And then, of course, um still really really closely tied to germany and uh you know we have the gig and pressing project my my transfer my colleague and i which is stefan biankowski and we do the the gig pressing podcast right we do four shows a week and then we do um two articles each as well on just german football because that's that's, that's how we both got to this this great profession of journalism and um yeah, so we get to t- cover teams like kaiserslautern uh, that are very historic and we're very over here and providing us you know some access to actually cover them in depth well that's a great point because as we were we just talked to terrence boyd who is mm. part of fc kaiserslautern and talking about the growth of the game yeah. here in the united states and mls what is your perception being here on this continent in north america of this league and then also mm. players coming in and out and what their connection is to bundesliga and to german football that would seems like we're seeing a little bit more with some of the star U.S. men's yeah. national team players have been part of, of Bundesliga. I think there's, in general, a really strong connection between the United States or North America and, and Germany. You know, that goes back all the way to, to of course, a post-World War II area. And there's a, there's a huge army basis. And we probably get to talk about that a little bit of Kaiserslautern. And they're, they're very strong bond to the Rammstein Air Force Base, right? Um, 
so we have that little bit of a connection. We have the all the GI babies. You interviewed Terence Boyd. He's one of them. You know, we call him GI babies in Germany because <laughs> like he's he's you know he's an American father and um, mm-hmm. but grew up in Germany, and so he has that connection as well. And um, there's a lot of Americans that call Germany their home. There's a lot of Germans that call uh, America their home, and so. I feel that there is a strong natural connection between the two countries. So you see a lot of U.S. men's national team players making their first step or their entire careers in, in the Bundesliga. And obviously in Canada, we have Alfonso Davies at Bayern Munich. He's, you know, he's the biggest star MLS arguably has ever produced. So, you know, we, we get that really strong bond. And so as a German, my mom is from Canada, so I'm a German-Canadian, like, um, it, it it feels like almost there's like a natural connection between the two places. And I think that's really great. And it also makes it more likely that German teams come over here and do the sort of things that Kaiserslautern do. And, you know, they, they are very open and willing and they have almost, it almost feels natural for them to do it as well. And yeah, I think that's a really, it's, it's a really wonderful story. You said right there, though, I mean, with, with specifically with Kaiserslautern coming to the United States, yeah. I mean, Terrence made that sound like, it was a big deal where they've been when he mm-hmm. joined Kaiserslautern in the third division and getting promoted. Yep. They want to get back to, you know, the first division at some point and wanting to be, he doesn't know mm-hmm. if he'll be a part of that or not being 32 years old, but what does that mean for a club like that with that kind of history? Cause they've been around for so long. It's just 50,000 fans at, yeah. at their home stadiums, but to come over here for, to the United States for a preseason trip, part of a marketing tour. And of course, just preseason, what does that mean for a club like that? Yeah, just doing my research for my own articles, like um, I have actually family that is from the Pfalz, the, the region that Kaiserslautern is from, um, or Rhineland Palatiat, I think is the English term for it. Um, and, you know, K-Town, I always realized that there was that, that there was a big Air Force base. But when you look at the actual numbers, it's uh, 54,000 um, military personnel plus 5,000 civilian personnel plus their families that just live in and around Kaiserslautern, right? And so that's when you see that number. And then when you also, when you talk to people working for Kaiserslautern and have been there for a while, they all use like all these American slang terms all the time. (laughs) And it makes you realize it's probably because they hear it on the streets all the time, right? All the restaurants are American restaurants. Um, There's also, you know, a strong Mexican-American community there. And so you get a lot of that Mexican food as well. Um, so, you know, that also makes you realize that there is that strong bond, but also, I mean, Kaiserslautern is such a big traditional club in German football. This is the club whose spine won the first world cup for Germany in 1954, right? Fritz Walter and his brothers and, um, you know, without them and the stadium now, of course, is named the Fritz Walter Stadion, um, that was the team that really defined the German post-World War II era, right? And so they play such a big role in that, even though they're from a town that's actually not that big. There's only about 100,000 people that live in Kaiserslautern, right? So yet they have such a big importance on them. But then even throughout the era, they had they always went deep in European Cup competitions. They, they of course, they wrote history in the late 90s when they got relegated as a German Cup winner and then came up and then right away won the German Championship the following year. So this is a club that's has a lot of history, but has been sort of buried in the lower echelons of, of the lower divisions, right? And went through bankruptcy proceedings and yeah, and it's now really on the move back up. 
when you look at that, when you look at that move and how, I mean, how difficult it is. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Terrence had mentioned, of course, promotion relegation and how yeah. MLS doesn't have that. And there's always that long on, ongoing debate here on whether yeah. that would work in this in North America and MLS or not. But at the end of the day, that are, he said there's a sense of responsibility when you play mm-hmm. for that club, for to the fan base, of course, to yourselves, to your teammates, yeah. to the club, but probably first and foremost to the fan base. And they've seen fans here in the United States, in Minnesota, and they, they're they like, what the heck? I didn't know, you know, they were over here and, and reaching out yeah. and doing some of these um, appearances and whatnot. So when you talk about that history, that's something that is not quite there yet in the United States, Mm. right? I mean, we talk about, you know, people want MLS to be what other leagues are around the world, but it's, you know, other leagues have been a hundred plus years in existence. Tell Mm -hmm. us more about the history of, of Kaiserslautern specifically. And then you just ran through some of the accolades and some of the, the, the players that have gone through there, but what does it mean when you think about the history of that club in particular? Well, we call them the red devils, the Roten Teufel. Um, the stadion is the Betzenberg, right? Because it's actually on a little mountain. So Betzenberg is the the devil's mountain, I guess. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in Germany in the 1990s and they were a huge club then, like a really huge club, um, would always play for the German title. Wouldn't always win it. I mean, they have only, only you know, won four German titles. But again, we have to, we have to underline how big of a town this is. This is a small town, right? And, and they've always punched way above of their of their weight. Um, in terms of history, I think that 1954 World Cup team mm. is such a big deal, right? But they've always had German national team players. Um, Andreas Bremer, of course, um, is from Kaiserslautern, right? He's the guy who scored the, the 1990 World Cup winning goal. Miroslav Klose is a Kaiserslautern mm. product as well. Um, you know, he still holds the record as having scored the most goals um, in World Cup history. Uh, of course, I think Mbappe is going to eventually get that. But <laughs> <laughs> for now, he holds that record. And he's a Kaiserslautern boy as well, right? So you don't even have to go that far back to, to, to find, you know, the imprint on German, on German football by this club. And then, of course, you have to remember, too, German clubs are membership owned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kaiserslautern has investors, but... The, the 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 vast majority of decisions are actually getting are made are made by the club's fans and the the, the paying members of the club right and so um, that is what when players tell you about the responsibility that they have to give back to the fans and I was in Louisville there was a couple of hundred Kaiserslautern uh, fans in the stands there which is mind blowing that's amazing that's it is amazing. amazing but I do think that's because Fort Knox isn't far away um, but and still of course, but still, still you know still yeah, right? still. to show up, to, to yeah. be a part of it, to want to come to that, to, you know, make sure that you make a point to be there. I mean, yeah. that is, that's again, though, the point of the beauty of, as I was saying to Terrence, the beautiful game and how it mm-hmm. travels the world and the, the real support that happens in this sport, maybe than any other. And then you have these fans that are showing up. They didn't just go, oh, look, they're in town. They, they yeah. made a point to be there and the history of the club fuels that. It's actually interesting. Uh, when I was in Louisville, I had to take a taxi ride back um, to the, the, the hotel that uh, Lauter was staying in because um, I was doing an interview with Terrence Boyd myself. And 
there was a guy who extended his work trip. Yeah, he's he's going to um, work for the company that owns a famous chicken restaurant in the United States. I'm not sure we're allowed to name companies, whether okay. because of sponsoring <laughs> reason, but like, <laughs> I think everyone can guess what it is. Yeah. Um, and he extended his work trip just so he could see Kaiserslautern. I mean, that's, I, and he's paying it with his own money. And I mean, getting back from Louisville is not cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it, though. That is part of the beautiful game and like the how it just it reaches people and it affects people. Mm-hmm. And, and you were just talking about the history of this club and everything they've accomplished. And even though it may be a club that not as many people in the United States or that are soccer fans and, and football fans yeah. here in MLS have maybe never heard of it, but that's part of the point of the trip and a point mm-hmm. of you doing what you do and putting your heart and soul into it is to continue to extend that. So it's not always just the teams that are on the streams and on the TV broadcast, yeah. it's reaching everybody. Well, and I think Kaiserslautern actually have quite a big footprint in the United States um, because of the army connection. Um, mm-hmm. There's an interesting project on Twitter. It's called the German Fußball Fan Association. It's a Twitter account where they have a map of the United States and Canada uh, with all the different Bundesliga fan clubs that exist. Um, and Kaiserslautern is very prominent on that map. And, you know, I guess that is once again, um, because like lots of Germans that may have grown up in the 70s, 80s and 90s, they, and they moved to the United States. And, you know, they, that's when Kaiserslautern was such a big name. But it's also, I think the military connection is a big one here. Um, and I think, too, there is, you know, that fan that I met, for example, he grew up in Munich. There's another big club in Munich that a lot of people have heard of. And that he's still a <laughs> Kaiserslautern fan, right? So... Yeah, I, I think I think it's 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 really important to note that despite them being in the second division, this is still a really big name in German football. And they broke a bunch of records this season with their attendance numbers. Um they're easily in the top fifty in when it comes to attendance around the world, not just in Germany, but around the world. And you know, they're among top fifteen teams in Germany when it comes to attendance. And we're talking about a country that that breaks the regular attendance numbers when it comes to football every single season, right? And so this is still a club that draws huge amount of numbers and still moves the masses, as we say in Germany, right? And so, yeah, I think if you in Minnesota and you see this club come, you maybe look at the team sheet and there really is only Terrence Boyd and you don't recognize many of the other names, but you know, the, the team itself is still, I think, a huge draw. And it is really worth also a team wa- worth watching because they are on the up. They played, they, they got promoted to the second division last year. They they finished, eventually they finished ninth. But there was a there was a moment in time in, in the first half of the season before the World Cup break where it looked like, okay, they could go up to the Bundesliga, which would probably have been too early for them. But, you know, there was a moment in time where we thought, there is a chance that Kaiserslautern could return to the Bundesliga for the first time since the 2011-2012 season. What does that do for a club? To put it in, in you know, for anybody that doesn't mm-hmm. maybe fully understand or, in, in, you know, is listens to this podcast or listens yeah. to any podcast or follows MLS, what does that do for a club to be in in the first division or back into Bundesliga for, as we're talking to Bundesliga itself? Yeah, I mean, even from third division, when they went down to the third division, um, in 2018, 
that is a huge drop in finances. You know, you're still talking professional football, but there's virtually no television money. Once you get back to the the, the second Bundesliga and, and in Germany, um, the two leagues, the Bundesliga and the second Bundesliga, are governed by the same body, the DFL, the Deutsche Fußballliga. So imagine MLS being split in MLS one and MLS two, essentially, right? The moment you get into the second division, you're not rich overnight, but your television money improves dramatically. And that gives you way more resources um, to be competitive. And also, if you're in a financial difficult situation, which a lot of clubs are because of COVID, right? You have to remember Mm -hmm. in Germany, they didn't play with attendance for a very long time. And we talked about the attendance numbers that a club like Kaiserslautern gets. That hurts, right? So the moment you get back into the second division, you're talking bigger attendance numbers, you're talking bigger opponents. Um, the second division in Germany right now has more German champions than the, the Bundesliga, the first division, because also, and this is a huge factor, unlike most other countries in Europe, the first and the second division only have 36 teams, right? So England has 20 in the first and I think 26 in the second. So, you know, there's a it, it's easier to stay in those two top flights if you're a big club in germany it's very difficult even for some of the big clubs to stay in the first division because there's only 18 18 teams in that first division so we're talking about teams like hamburg and schalke and hertha and you know these are all big teams that um, have won german titles kaiserslautern of course have won four but then there's also some of the big East German teams that also have been title holders like Hansa Rostock Magdeburg has won a has a won a European Cup they're in the second division as well, right? So it's really difficult. But the flip side of that is all these teams are huge. Mm-hmm. So they all bring a lot of fans. They fill your stadium. So the moment you're back in the second division, your financial outlook is just way better. I remember I, I was in Frankfurt, I don't know, a while back. And uh, we mm-hmm. went to Sch- oh, Schalke game, my husband and I, and I was like blown away. And then yeah. it was even like the post after the game, there was like almost a fight on like the the deck where you like get on the train and like someone almost shoved someone into like an yeah. oncoming, you know, it was, it was like, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, all sort of in good fun, but I mean, to your point about the passion of the fans and the energy mm-hmm. and like the support and everybody, you know, at the end of the day, like in it for the same reasons and supporting something. And um, you see the generational aspect of yeah. it, you know, that of the people that are going to these games and how, you know, the, it's not just about the game itself. It's about mm-hmm. doing it together. And we really see that generational aspect. And it was really fun to see when we were over there. And I feel like that's why those clubs that you're talking about in Kaiser Schalten specifically is yeah. you talk about, it's not that big of a city, but the generational aspect has to be massive. What is passed down and why some, you know, five-year-old is a fan of it is because his 85-year-old <laughs> grand, your great-grandfather was a fan of that same club. And more importantly in Germany, a member. A right. member, to your a point, member, exactly. Which mm-hmm. is not like a membership in many other countries where yeah. you get like reduced ticket prices. <laughs> you have a you have a vote. Right. You decide who's going to be on the board. And that board decides who's going to be the head coach. It's going to decide who's the president. You know, like in German football, and, and you're making this point, it is generational. Uh, I always joke, I made, I made this big mistake when I was six years old and I asked my dad whose favorite football club was because like, I grew up in Munich and um, I wish to this day he had said Bayern, but he said 1860 Munich. And so I grew up an 1860 fan and uh, <laughs> long-suffering 1860 fan. But that is a really important point to make because um, we, you remember, right? Like mm-hmm. It's like 
you you a card carrying member of a club it goes back to the responsibility factor. Um, yes, exactly. And but also that gives you like it gives you ownership in a literal sense, right? And I think that is that is something I always try to explain it, like what that means and how that's comparable. And I think the only thing that comes close to it in North America is your association to your college. Sure. You know how college sports are so big, and because you went to that university and your father went to that university and your grandfather or you mother or grandmother etc right and then it becomes almost as ownership um and i think that is the only thing that's comparable i was in georgia once when they when they had the big um american football game there and there was five hundred thousand people in that town in athens <laughs> and i was just like wow what's going on and then like this was explained to me i'm like so that's that's i think the only thing that's comparable when you look at MLS and now spending your time here in North America and sort of trying to spread the word on mm. on German clubs, but here in the United States or in North America, what do you, what do you make of this league and what do you make of MLS and how mm. far it's come, where it's going, and then just what you what you see from just being in different cities that have Major League Soccer yeah. in them? You see the expansion. What's your take on it? I've been doing this for quite some time. I came over in in two thousand one. Um, you know, first for, for high school and then university. And then I'm, I left back for Europe to, to finish my studies and then came back again um, and became my, one of my first real, like, you know, I was freelancing for a while, but my, one of my first freelancing job, I were real journalism jobs, I should say, was working for Pro Soccer USA, um, which belonged to the USA Today Network, right, Drunk. And um, I was a beat writer covering the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um that was around 2017-ish, I would say. And that was around the time that Davies really broke onto the scene. And I think I found, I always found MLS really fascinating because they are trying to build something from the ground up. And it's by far not perfect. You know, I think everyone can find its flaws in the system and, we can argue probably for hours about promotion and relegation. That's um, another th- podcast. Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> that's that's a, a series of podcasts, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. But ultimately, I I see the growth of the league, and I see, I see that the, the the development that has churned out, like the talents that, that has been churning out out of MLS, and every year the players seem to be getting better. The play the teams are getting younger which is, I think, really important. Um, this is what you want from your league, from your domestic league, that it produces players for, for your national team programs, right? And you've seen Canada and the United States improving dramatically. We just witnessed the, UAE, uh, the CONCACAF Nations League final between Canada and the United States. And we, I think it's pretty safe to say those are the two leading countries in CONCACAF now um, in terms of talent and that is two large parts of MLS. And, you know, you can criticize MLS in many ways as well, but that is the underlining factor that has made the game on this continent better. And I think that is something that you have to really applaud the league for in its development. And then there's some great markets. I mean, Minnesota, I see what they do at field. It's, it's just wonderful, right? With the wonderful that um, I've been covering St. Louis's expansion uh, quite a bit because Lutz Funschwil is down there, right? And German sporting director. And I went there down there twice. I went there for the, the opening of the stadium when they played Leverkusen. And then I went for their first ever home match. And 
it was incredible to see it. I mean, uh, we were both in Seattle, right, at Lumen Field. And um, this is a team that has such a big story, not just in MLS, but going beyond that. And, yeah, I think it's really growing. And we fo- sometimes we think we focus too much on the negative rather than saying, yeah, this league is actually, you know, going in the right direction. Well, and I think that sometimes the biggest thing is, is when um, there's criticism from other places, you know, or even within Mm -hmm. United States or North America, but maybe people that have only followed other leagues. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've, I've gone to a city and even if it's like, let's say Seattle, which has a tremendous following there and you take an Uber or something and you ask them and, you know, if they're a soccer fan and they've never been to a Sounders game or their, their favorite team is like man city, or, you know, it's trying to get people to understand that this, this league doesn't have to be like every other league or built like Mm -hmm. other leagues. And for it to work maybe in North America and in the United States, it has to be different in the way it functions. And so trying to find the positives and the differences rather than feeling like it has to be done like it is everywhere else. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense because this isn't England or Germany. You can't copy that. Mm-hmm. Um, you will never copy a club like Kaiserslautern. Um, it takes a hundred years to do that. Right. It's <laughs> um, history. It's history. And, and I mean, the most historic teams that we have in, in MLS are the three Cascadia clubs, right? Um, that's the White Cups, the, t- the Timbers, and the Sounders because they date back to the old NESL and it, they have a continuous history. But even then, we're talking about the 1970s, mm-hmm. right? We're not talking right. about Kaiserslautern reformed in turn of the last century. Right. Um, so, you know, they're having 100 plus years of history to, to back what they are today. And we can fast track that as much as we want, but you can't copy that. It's just not possible. And so you need to go your own path. You need to both know who you are as a league. You need to cherish the traditions and the history that you have, and it exists. I think there is a history of soccer in this in this country, in Canada or the United States. You need to cherish that and you need to build on it. But you have to you can't the same way that other countries have done it because that's just not possible. You're just not going to be able to replicate that. So I think that's always something that you have to keep in mind when you look at this league. MLS, what we remember in the year that we get into the COVID, we celebrated 25 years MLS. Yes. <laughs> you know, right. And there was a good chance that the league wouldn't even gotten there. Um, mm-hmm. If David Beckham hadn't come to MLS in 2007, we'll probably be not sitting here right now. Um, so I think that is something really important in the keep in mind that we there were stages where this league almost didn't work out and that the growth since and maybe there is different paths to get there but ultimately the league has survived and has grown since right and i i think don't look at other countries when you're building this because it's just not gonna work you need to find your own way and that that's the thing too um look at the other sports in north america whether it's in, in Canada, it's NHL. I know Minnesota as well, right? And the NHL is huge, hockey, yep. um, basketball, or American football. These are different league systems. So you need to borrow from what's been there, but been done in the past and has been successful in the past. And I think that is something very important to keep in mind when you look at this league. And you know what? I, I think it's really important what you just said, because I was always in a taxi on the way back to my buddy's place after the Sounders game. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you went to the Sounders game. And like, I'm a huge football fan. It's like, do you ever go? And it's like, no, no, no. 
I only watch English football. I'm like, See? I'm like, but it does your head right in, doesn't there. it? It does your head in, doesn't it? And it's a yeah. fantastic team that's been successful yeah. and wins and and has a history. But that that happens also, a lot, and I think that's what you're always fighting. Football. It's yeah. live football. Nothing yeah. beats live right. football. Exactly. It, there's um on the Friday before the Sounders game, uh, there's a team in Seattle called Ballard FC. They play in the USL League Two. Small mm-hmm. club, you know, the stadium has a thousand seats. They have a great beer garden. And I just went with my buddy to watch the game. I could sit in the beer garden with him, chat about a bunch of stuff. There was also live sports, drink a few beers. Who cares? Yes. Like, that is maybe one thing that you need to borrow from Europe. In Europe, we just go to these games to hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, well, similar I will say, to people who do baseball, right? Very true. And I will say, when you were just talking about Cascadia teams and NASL, I mean, even Minnesota yeah. United, has Minnesota has such a history before true, yeah. it got into MLS with NASL. And you think about, you know, all the different iterations in some of the stars. I mean, when Pele was in this league, I mean, mm-hmm. so, it, you know, it's, it's just crazy. We talk about MLS, but so many of these states and these cities that maybe didn't don't even have yeah. an MLS team yet, but they have USL, USL one, NASL. I mean, there was, you know, major indoor league, indoor yeah. leagues across that. So I just think that it's it's again, it's just respecting to each their own and how they've gone about it and how they've gotten there and what they're doing. And if it's a league, if it's a team, if it's a city, if it's a club. And you know, I think that's, you know, when you talk about Kaiserslau before we kind of wrap this up. Mm. specifically about this match this game that they're coming to town for i know it's a friendly and i know it's preseason and you know everybody wants to get something different out of it but what can people expect from that game against minnesota united on wednesday night well i went to the game in um in louisville right and first of all there was almost eight thousand people there which is great right um and i think too that kaiserslautern were quite surprised by the the level that louisville were playing um, what you have to keep in mind is they are kind of in this weird place that this is kind of like postseason and preseason in one thing for them because the the, the summer break for uh, second division teams in Germany is quite short because in, in Germany we try to have them play a, a bunch of games before the, the Bundesliga starts um, so that they get the spotlight, right? Um, so they like only have a three-week break this summer. Mm-hmm. So they're in a little bit of a weird place, but um, I was surprised in what of a good state the team was already in. Um, you know, when they went down 1-0 to Louisville, they really turned it on and Terrence Boyd scored two wonderful goals. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can learn quite a bit um, when you watch um, a team like Kaiserslautern that are playing a division that is very difficult, right? where you can be promoted or relegated. Um, and if you're a place like Kaiserslautern, both things are possible, right? Because <laughs> yes. it's such, an, it's such a tight, tightly contested league. Um, so you're going to see a team that can really turn it on when they need to. Um, and I think there is something to learn from that in, in terms of, because in MLS, we don't really have those kind of pressures sometimes. And so I think if you're a young fan and go to go to this to this game, watch how Terrence Boyd competes even in a game like that because he can be a nasty piece of business on the field. <laughs> as nice as he is to us off the field, he's pretty nasty on the field. But those are little things that are important. Just watch for the little things that that, that team like Kaiserslautern does. And I mean, this is such a great opportunity. I know Minnesota does this pretty much every season, right? That they yeah. bring different teams from different places and uh, have them play there. And I think you learn so much from different playing cultures um, as individual players 
And I think you also learn quite a bit of it as a fan watching the game. And I think that is some pretty good reasons to go and watch the game. That's awesome. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're insanely busy as well. And then where can people find you? Where can people find your stuff? What can people find a way to follow you and keep up on not just Kaiserslautern, but everything that you <laughs> podcast or tweets or whatever it is that you have going on? So a lot of my work is on Transfermarkt. Um, they, they pay all my bills, uh, let's say it that way. <laughs> Um, but I, we also have the, my, my Transfermarkt colleague and I, Stefan Bielankowski, we have the Gegen Pressing um, podcast. And then we, you know, mentioned our Substack as well. So that's Gegen Pressing. Um, I think anyone who's vaguely interested in German football knows how to spell that. Um, and then you can find all my stuff on Twitter. Uh, that's just Manuel Weff, one word, uh, at Manuel Weff on Twitter. So yeah, go check that out. Um, check it out before Twitter dies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time, as I said, and um, we'll follow along. And I'm looking forward to this match tomorrow night. I know yeah. I'm talking to uh, Terrence. He's looking forward to Allianz Field. And you just like in Louisville, you know, and I know he's been in yeah. the United States before and played for Toronto and, of course, part of the men's national yeah. team, the youth system. But he he did talk a lot, too, about um, some of these guys, their first trip over here. And, mm -hmm. and, and same thing, you know, maybe a little bit pleasantly surprised with what was happening in Louisville. Yeah. And now you get to come here to Minnesota United um, to an MLS team in a beautiful stadium and play against that team. So appreciate you taking the time and filling us in today. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. That's another episode of Sound of the Loons. Tune in next week. Minnesota United has another home game on the weekend. Don't miss that one against Portland Timbers. So another Western Conference opponent. But thanks for joining me again this week. <laughs>